You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptop C, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lies, music, and craft beer. This is another Heavy Montreal Presents Vox and Hops episode. I can't tell you guys how excited I am to have Heavy Montreal behind the podcast. Heavy Montreal is Montreal's premier metal promoter. They put on one of North America's best metal festivals. And trust me, I've played them all. And I'm telling you that Heavy Montreal is up there with the best of them. I'm so proud and so stoked to have Heavy Montreal involved with Vox and Hops. They had over 60 amazing shows lined up during 2020. And sadly, due to COVID-19, they have had to cancel and or postpone a bunch of them. But I got some good news for you people. Uh, There are some monster shows that have already been rescheduled. And here are just a few of those to get you guys excited. And you can go pick up the tickets for these shows via the link in the description of this podcast. They have rescheduled already Parkway Drive featuring Hatebreed, Knock Loose, and Fit for a King. That's going to be happening on September 5th, 2020. Uh, You should go check that out. You know, that one's going to be a banger. They have also rescheduled this monster of a tour, Megadeth, co-headlining with Lamb. Lamb of God featuring Trivium and In Flames. What a fucking lineup. So cool. Get those tickets. You can do that via the link in description. Trust me, I'm going to be there and uh, let's bang our heads together. On today's Heavy Montreal Presents Vox and Hops episode, I am with John Epson Stagsad of Trollfest. Here it is. This is Vox and Hops episode number 177. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with John Espen Sagstad, or also known as Mr. Seedle of Trollfest. How are you doing? How is everything? How have you been coping with the madness that is our world now? How are you coping with COVID-19 and now the subsequent deconfinement? How are you? How are you doing there? Uh, I'm good. Uh, like I just said, I'm uh, working on a bit of a hangover, but uh, you know it's Sunday, so I, it's normal, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it's uh, like you said, it's been um, pretty crazy months lately. Uh, no shows, uh, having to stay at home. Uh, so I've been, I'm, uh, I'm working as a programmer, computer. So I've been uh, working at home now since mid-March. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's kind of weird, you know, not being able to uh, live the normal life. But at least here in Norway now, things are starting to open up again. Uh, bars have opened uh, and things are getting more and more back to normal. But, Which but, is nice. Yeah. And it feels nice. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, yeah. it's strange that this is the new normal yeah, I know. And we have to get used to that. How is it for you being a touring musician? Uh, what did you guys have in the works? How much stuff got canceled? What was your 2020 supposed to be like? And how disappointing is it that it's not like <laughs> We had a lot of uh, stuff planned. Uh, we had a, we were going on a big tour in uh, North America. Uh, it was supposed to happen in, was it April? Uh, and we were really looking forward to that because the last time we toured uh, North America was in 2015. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that was a big bummer. And um, 
we had a lot of cool festivals lined up this summer as well in, in Europe uh, that also got cancelled um, but we, we try to like look a little bit on the positive side like okay we can't tour or play any concerts so then instead we have just uh, started focusing on writing a new album good yeah, I mean, cool. like, we can't do anything else, and why not use use the time a little bit more efficient, you know, and just, um, we are stuck at home, so let's make some music instead. Cool. How, how does Trollfest go about writing new music? What is a, a typical songwriting process for you guys? It's uh, probably not like many other bands. We, we never make music at rehearsal. Um, uh, we sit at home uh, individually. Uh, or team up uh, and uh, just send riffs back and forth or uh, one person can make a song from yeah like make the uh, entire song and just send it on email and um, usually the first time we play a song together is when we have to start rehearsing for a tour or a show so yeah it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a weird way but that's what we have been doing since day one because Eventually, th- this band was never supposed to be a band. Exactly. It, it, yeah. It was more of uh, a fun thing among friends, um, and we uh, uploaded some songs to um, a home- homemade web page that was only supposed to be for us. That we could download the songs at other friends' party, and so we can, hey, listen to this. And then all of a sudden, some crazy uh, German label guy stumbled over our web page and. Uh, offered us a contract so um that's <laughs> yeah it's, it's weird and uh it, it just took off from there uh we released i think two albums and uh we started to get a lot of like interesting uh show offers but we didn't even have a band <laughs> so we were like okay well, what are we gonna do so um okay we just have to make a band then and uh start playing and uh now we are working on what album number nine or eight and we have had countless tours countless festivals so uh, from being a a silly home project uh, things kind of took off and uh, i'm really happy about it now that's cool see i can i can see like a a movie about this this is really (laughs) really cool yeah that would be an interesting movie you know, you only dream of this. It's just like a, that that kid dream. Did you always aspire to be a touring musician? Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I had many other projects back then um, that we were like heavily working, trying to get a, a, a record deal. That was my biggest dream to have a record deal. Imagine that. And then Trollfest gets an offer, while my other <laughs> project is like working uphill no interest and um it it hurts a little bit back then (laughs) but on the other side it was also really funny that okay this is the way it's gonna go then let's just fucking go with it that's life eh? (laughs) you get you get you sometimes you just have to take what's given to you (laughs) yeah i know and And everything happens for a reason absolutely in life yeah fox and hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends talking about their lives yeah music and craft beer what beer are you drinking over there nursing that hangover this is your 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 hair of the dog what do you got there i got uh it's a norwegian beard called juicy ipa 
uh, it's a really light summer beer um, uh, with kind of like a mango taste to it um, and I have another super nice beer waiting for me the Metallica oh, yes of course from Stone yeah it's uh, Metallica is my religion by the way nice <laughs> yeah like that is my religion nice nice so uh, uh, my, yeah on my side, I'm drinking, or going to be drinking, Echo Session Ales. This is their Session Funk. It is their first barrel-aged brew. This is uh, from one of the coolest microbrews here in Montreal. They only make Session beers, which means that it's less than 5%. Most of the time, it's less than 4%. And this is their one-year anniversary brew. A huge shout-out to J.F. Lejantzi, their head brewer, their mastermind, the lunatic himself. I love him to death. And uh, he gave me this uh, to share with my friends during my podcast. So this is a uh, a Session Funk. So it's a funky Session that's been barrel-aged. It has some Brett yeast, so the wild yeast. It's got some hibiscus flowers it's got some uh, pomegranates and some cranberries and it clocks in at a very light 3.9 percent and it was aged in i want to say oak barrels correct me if i'm wrong jf when you listen to this please (laughs) so i'm gonna crack this tell me about the norwegian craft beer scene i know from having toured there that uh the crowbar is a really cool place let's just start with that yeah and uh there has been the last couple of years, it has exploded with, uh, there you go, with microbreweries. It's become extremely popular here now. And there's um, so many, uh, let's do the cheers. Virtual cheers, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, beer has become very popular here now. How, how was the taste? It's it's awesome. It's it's uh, it's nice and light. Has that complex um, bready bite from the the wild yeast. You can taste uh, the sour of a ping and of the cranberries, but yet still sweet from the pomegranate. Very cool. Cheers to Echo Session Ales. Happy one year anniversary. I can't wait to see what these guys are going to keep doing in the local craft beer scene here. So so keep going on the. I'm uh, sorry about that. You have to introduce me to this uh, when we come to Canada. I'll bring you some. 100%. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, where was I? Yeah. Um, the last couple of years, the interest for beer has uh, exploded, uh, I would say. There's microbreweries everywhere now. And there's more and more bars popping up with insane amounts of beer on draft. And they they get beers from microbreweries. There's a cool uh, a couple of cool places in Oslo now where they every month they change out the beers they have so like every time you, you come back there it's like a new pub there's like so much interesting beer to taste um my my favorite is actually a sour beer yes yeah uh, um yeah i'm weak for sour beer that uh is definitely one of my favorites uh so yeah i love how they i love how they play with sour beers and make it more they treat it closer to a wine and it yeah. becomes more and more complex i love that the complexity of sour beers especially when they blend them together the blended sours yeah very cool stuff. may i ask you you said uh, most microbrewery beers are under five percent is that a by just, law just or? just just no no just this brewery yeah okay okay because it's a it's Echo Session Ale, so he only makes Session beers. Yeah, okay. But here in, in Quebec, no, uh, we have a. The rule is that they need to be underneath twelve percent to be sold outside of the liquor store. So if it was over twelve percent, it has to be sold at our government-ran 
liquor store. It's called here in Quebec the SAQ. Uh, but you, you can do anything up until 11 point, you know, yeah, okay. <laughs> 11.9. And most of the time when they put 11.9, you know that it's over 12%. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually 5% here in uh, Norway, I think, uh, to sell in normal stores. Yes. So, yeah. Scandinavian countries have very strict liquor laws. Yeah, in Sweden, I think it's even lower. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Good for you that you have up to 12%. Yeah, it's dangerous, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But fun. But fun. Dangerous, but fun, yes. Oh, yes. Let's touch on... Um, a classic you mentioned that Metallica is your life is your law uh, what would have been the soundtrack of your youth when you were growing up when you were not in control of the music what music was playing in your house what music did your parents or guardians listen to my parents uh, well uh, they never listened to that much music uh, but of course they had uh, a lot of CDs laying around and uh, vinyl um, I used to uh, take their Elton John and uh, Queen CDs. Uh, I play that a lot. Uh, but one part of my family is really like music and the other part not so much. Uh, but uh, the, uh, the music side was more into uh, uh, classical music and um, uh, what's it called? Like band, you know, with horns and all that type of... Yeah, yeah, yeah a big, yeah. big band. Or... Yeah, similar to that. My uh, when I grew up, it was more sports. That that was that was gonna be my thing. Like I wanted to be a, a football star. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, kind of overdid it. Uh, fucked up both my knees to the point okay. where I couldn't play soccer anymore. I had to to stop for a year, and that that's when music like completely grabbed me. And uh, playing guitar was the new new thing for me. But before, sorry, how old were you when this happened? Uh, this was when I was sixteen, fifteen or sixteen. I had okay. I, I played guitar before that as well. I started playing guitar when I was ten or eleven because my grandpa he was my big idol when it came to to music and he learned me uh, in the beginning how to play the guitar. He wrote notes to me and like kept me going uh, with the music. Uh, but it was when I had that year of not being able to play football. That's when, um, yeah, the music just grew and uh, I never looked back. Is uh, that when you, you found Metallica? Did that go hand in hand? No, Metallica I started listening to around the time I actually started playing the guitar. So I, um, uh, that was a, a, a elementary school it's called, like the first school you go to. Um, there was one in my class that had uh, um, Kill 'Em All on tape, and uh, I copied that from him, and that was by far the coolest thing I'd ever heard. Before that, it was Guns N' Roses and Michael Jackson that I was listening to, but when I heard Kill 'Em All, wow! And uh, from there, you know, I started listening to. Uh, all the other albums they had back then uh, and my first ever CD was the Black Album and um, my dad took me to see Metallica in uh, Oslo when I was 14 years old Wow would, would, would that have been your, your first metal concert? Yeah that must have been at, at least the first like really big type of concert 
um, and it was such an experience for me. Well, yeah, you're st- you're starting at the top right there. Yeah, it, it was insane, and I got really lucky because I was a member of the Metallica club, so I actually won uh, a meet and greet. Oh, cool! Very cool. Yeah, and uh, 14 years old, and I'm gonna meet Metallica. Yeah, uh, and I had I had a pre meet and greet, like a pre show. Uh, <clears throat> sadly, they postponed that because they had to do some uh, press interviews and stuff like that. But uh, I was told to come back after the show. But after two and a half hours of, you know, just overwhelming joy, I, 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 was, <laughs> I was really tired, 14 years old. Uh, it was pretty late, uh, 1 a.m. or something like that. My dad was not allowed to come along with me. Why not? Oh, to the meet and greet. Okay. <laughs> I thought you meant the concert. No, no, no. no. He, he was there with me, right next to me. But uh, for the meet and greet, he was not allowed to join, obviously. But yeah. um, luckily, there were some other people from my home area that we started talking to uh, that was going to the meet and greet. So they took like care of me. But uh, nice. we sat uh, backstage for well over an hour before anyone showed up. So it was 2 a.m. and I am pretty, pretty fucking tired. Uh, and Jason comes in, and he was the only one that uh, that came to the meet and greet. But still, it was insane. I went over to him, and I'm I was so shy, so I just gave him like uh, like this little notepad thing. Like, can you sign it for me? And he signed it, and he was like ready to have a picture taken with me. But I I, I was so shy, so I just took the book. Thank you. And I turned around, <laughs> and I remember. No, I have to take a picture of him, and I had one of those one-time disposable cameras so I just turn around one picture and left and to this day I regret it like why didn't I just man up and just like do that picture thing so yeah have you ever crossed Metallica touring and doing festivals no that would be insanely cool to do once but I was really lucky back in 2014 I won another meet and greet when they played here in uh, in Oslo. Uh, I went backstage uh, or to the meet and greet, and I met uh, everyone except James. And then after the meet and greet, they told us that everyone here is allowed to see the show from the stage. Oh, cool! And we were allowed to bring one friend. So uh, my sister was there, so I brought her with me. Uh, and we got divided into two. Uh, so there was like uh, 20 people on one side of the stage and 20 people on the other side of the stage. And then they said, three of you will be picked out and you will get to introduce a song. At, in the arena? In the arena, on stage. Holy shit, And yes. uh, my side, they said two people will be picked out from this side and the other side there was one. And then... Uh, this big ass security guy was standing there and telling all the rules and uh, you're not allowed to do this or that blah 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 and then he just picked out the guy do you want to do it and he was like yeah and uh, (laughs) he went over to this guy and told him what to do and what not to do and what to expect and then my sister just like punched me in the side Espen you have to raise your hand and when he asked who's going to be next and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. And I stood there with my Master Puppets t-shirt. 
and I probably looked like I was five years old waiting for the ice cream truck. <laughs> and uh, the security guy just looked at me up and down. Yeah, okay, fuck it. You done. Wow. And, and he came over to me and he's like, so you heard everything I told this guy, all the instructions? And I said, yeah, yeah sure. I didn't hear anything of what he said. <laughs> and then he said, well, if you fuck up now, she's not coming home with you tonight. Like, and I said, dude, it's my sister. <laughs> and Shit. Said, whatever. Uh, but can't, yeah. You can't, can't say that in 2020 anymore. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, I was the last of the three to uh, introduce the song, so I got to see what they were doing, so I kind of, you know, what to expect. Uh, uh, and I was, it was the third last song. Uh, I got to uh, introduce uh, uh, Whiskey in the Jar in front of over 40,000 people. Stood there with James. He was like holding his uh, hand over my shoulder and just talking oh, to me. Oh shit! I can't remember much of that moment, even though I hadn't touched alcohol that day. But you know, it's euphoria, and you're like, "This is not happening. This is not happening." But when he said, "Okay, John, the the stage is yours. Do your thing," and he walked behind me, and I just saw the audience. Then I calmed down and uh, got the mm. audience going. Ran off to the side of the stage watched the rest of the show and uh, at the end of the show James came over to me fist bumped me and he said you play in the band <laughs> and you know what? because of the way the way you handled the crowd is that yeah, yeah and you know what my response was idiot no you play in the band <laughs> that was your time that was your chance you were yeah, say, yes, his name is Trollfest bring uh, yeah. us out on tour I fucked up <laughs> And he uh, he just did like this to me. Okay, okay yeah, that's obvious. And then my picture, uh, my sister actually took a picture right when James was like doing that to me. Like, okay. So yeah, I wish I could have uh, done that again and uh, sound a little bit smarter. Third time's the charm, Espen. You're gonna, you're gonna get it <laughs> that third chance. I'm crossing my fingers for that one. <laughs> uh, I want to touch on the fact that uh, you mentioned earlier you you were in many more serious bands and Trollfest was the one that happened to get signed. Yeah. Me being in Cryptopsy, we take our shows and it's not that you don't take your show seriously. No, this is not where I want to say make this sound like mm. but you guys have a lot of fun on stage. Like you guys, the costumes, you guys go out there and just are there to have a good time and incite a good party atmosphere for everyone. We go out there and we want to you know, basically destroy everything. Yeah. So we, we bring like a black crowd, a mm. black cloud of negativity mm. and energy when we come and play Cryptops. But you guys bring like a big pink fluffy one. So yeah. Yeah. How, what does that feel like? And how, how, what is your mindset when you go out, when you guys created this troll fest live experience? But it's just what you just said, you know, we're doing it. We want to have fun because when I go to a concert, I want to have fun too, you know? And um, so it, it kind of felt natural when we started playing live with Trollfest because uh, the other projects I played in was uh, Extreme Metal and a black metal band. And don't get me wrong, I love doing that too. But you know, you put the, the corpse paint on and you go into this kind of character thing. And like you said, we also wanted to just destroy the place. And um, But then the second we were done playing, Corpse paint came off. We were silly idiots, you know. Uh, and now I get to be this silly idiot on stage, you know. It, I feel it's for me. It's uh, 
in Trollfest, I get to be who I am as a person on stage. I don't, I don't have to wear um, a mask or anything, you know? Um, so it, it felt natural. And uh, now, uh, when we go on stage, we just try to come up with the most silly ideas we can and just get the uh, crowds going and uh, just have the best time that we can have. I, I Correct me if I'm wrong, I believe there's a Britney Spears cover, am I right? Yeah, uh, you're right. <laughs> Talk me through that, you guys coming up with this idea. I imagine it was late at night after far too many <laughs> craft beers. <laughs> Everything with Trollfest is, uh, that's the yeah, recipe. Now, uh, with the Britney Spears song, is uh, we wanted to do a cover song. And uh, everyone thinks that we picked that song because we just wanted to be stupid or make fun of Britney or whatever. But the fact is, that song is really fucking cool. Like the melodies. That we, mm-hmm. we, I agree. Yeah. We really liked it, and it kind of really fit into the sound of Trollfest. The melodies and everything. So when our drummer uh, brought this song up, it was like, hell yeah. That's perfect. That's a cool song. Let's do it. And then uh, our vocalist came up with the idea of, uh, I don't know if you've seen the music video, with, like short people. Yeah, uh, he came up with that idea. He had seen um, uh, a comedian doing it, um, and that kind of put like the the silliness on top of covering a Britney Spears song. So, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it was. Uh, we picked that song because we liked it, and uh, we have just been in the studio now too, uh, or last, not earlier this year. Uh, we have recorded an EP that will come out eventually. With one new and, song, and the, yeah, nice the, with with the cover on it. There, there is uh, three new cover songs. Cool. And uh, I think again, people will be like, "Why are you covering that song?" But uh, <laughs> just wait and see. It's gonna, it's gonna be fun. Uh, <laughs> we have a mutual friend. I want to give a shout out to, especially because he's right now lying in a hospital bed because he broke his hip. Uh, the uh, old massive man. shout out. To, that's what he said to you. <laughs> <laughs> to Rob Sharon, uh, yeah. your sound man. He, he's a good guy. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely love him. Uh, it's too bad that he, he's hurt himself and broke his hip, sadly. Yeah. Yeah. Broke his hip, yeah. I can finally call him an old man now. <laughs> so, uh, no, uh, yeah, I hope he gets well soon. Um, Same here. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, sending all the love his way. Uh, Yesterday you were shooting a music video. Take me through that. What is it like uh, shooting a music video during COVID? Did you guys have to stay farther apart than usual? Is it? It must be hard to stay apart from your bandmates because you're like a family. You're used to being together. How do? How are you guys approaching this? Well, the political correct thing for me to say now is (laughs) yes, we had the one meter (laughs) distance rule, but no, that sadly didn't happen. Was way too much alcohol. and we just brought uh, a couple of friends out to one of the islands uh, just outside Oslo um, and uh, did an extremely silly music video for uh, an even more extremely silly remix version of a song coming out. Nice. So, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of outside my comfort zone, this entire remix thing. But uh, it's going to be funny, I hope. I hope people see the, the fun part of it. I uh, interviewed Chris Bowman of uh, Ailstorm, who are yeah. also a very fun, party-inciting band. Yeah. And one of the questions I asked him was, 
are you ever tired of being the party guy? What happens on tour when you don't feel like it? How do you get the energy to incite the, the party? I, I love partying so much. <laughs> it's uh, There is a little bit too much partying going on when we tour. Uh, it's uh, I like to compare it with getting on an extremely fast train and you're just going 100 miles per hour for a month. <laughs> non-stop partying and just having as much fun as possible and then all and how long does it take you how long does it take you to recuperate after a tour <laughs> usually i have problems stopping when i get back home uh, like i said all of a sudden the train stops and you're left in nowhere man's land and you're standing there and you see the train disappear and what the fuck did just happen so um i try to like Calm it down a couple of notch. I also have, uh, uh, like I said, I'm a computer programmer, so I have an um, eight to four job that um, I love doing. So, of course, I can't keep on with the same tempo when I get back from tour. So, it's kind of a natural break that, uh, that I have the work to go to. Uh, but yeah, it, it takes a couple of weeks to get back to, uh, to normal after a tour. It's, it's, it's being a being the party band is it is very hard you know i can imagine that yeah uh, it happens with me with the podcast everyone thinks i want to drink craft beer all the time which i do <laughs> and then <laughs> so so i can i can totally relate and see that but uh, yeah. <laughs> the train the train is a rolling correct yeah. me if i'm wrong but i don't think and if you have i'm sorry has there ever been a troll fest beer made by a brewery correct um we did that um with uh, the release of our uh, previous album, the Norwegian Fairy Tales, uh, I got in contact with uh, a brewery here in Norway. Um, had a meeting, uh, and I explained to him like the idea behind our album uh, that was going to be like 100% Norwegian folklore, and um, uh, we were uh, diving into like Norwegian folk me- uh, folk music. I like the melodies and everything, and I really wanted to do a, uh, a Norwegian tasting beer. And uh, we just sat down and um, had a very good chat, and he had so many ideas. Uh, and we're like, hey, let's do it, it's gonna be fun. Um, and he got, uh, I, I don't know the English word for it, uh, uh, it's kind of. Uh, the yeast that they use is uh, a typical Norwegian yeast. Uh, here in Norway, it's called kveik. Yeah, yeah, it's super, super popular yeah, over here now. Yeah, I heard rumors about yeah. that. So um, he got hold of that for the beer, and it was like a um, what's it called? Farm farmhouse beer. Yeah, that that that's what we were going for. Um, so he just went into the the woods picked uh, a lot of um, uh, different types of uh, uh, bushes, herbs, yeah, yeah and uh, just put that into the, the mesh or mash or whatever it's called. Cool. Yeah, it, it was, and uh, the cool thing is that uh, we, we were invited not only to watch, but to help him brew our beer. You have to, it's the best. Yeah, and, and that was a really cool experience to see how this is made, so we spent me and uh, the saxophone player in Trollfest, we spent an entire day at the brewery. Because it takes about seven, eight hours to make a beer, to get yes. it into the fermenter. Yeah, Correct. And then uh, it took 
was it three weeks I think uh, for it to uh, get ready mature, mature yeah, yeah. yeah or was it a month maybe so we had it ready for our um, release concert in Oslo so cool so we uh, we got the beer at the pub uh, the day before the concert so it was pretty close and uh, we went down there uh, a couple of friends or the band to, to taste the beer and we ended up drinking, uh, was it 50 liters of the beer? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, uh, we don't understand how that was fucking possible. And this is the day before our show. So the next day we were so hungover. <laughs> because, you know, this type of beer is really heavy. So uh, it Was was it 5% or was it a bit higher? Uh, it was 56 or 7 I think. Cool. And what, what did you guys call it? Uh, a really Norwegian name. Fjøstesens uh, Fjøsøl. There's folklore in Norway. There's uh, a story about small, uh, like, uh, leprechauns, you would call it. They, they dress up with, with the red uh, Santa hats and they live... Yes, exactly, yes. Yeah, and they live in uh, barns around uh, at uh, farms around in Norway. And they take care of the animals and making sure that the animals uh, eat and that they... No- gnomes? Is it yeah, a gnome? Yeah, a gnome, yeah. That's okay. more accurate. And then every uh, Christmas, you have to set out uh, porridge to the gnome. But it, and if you don't do that, he will uh, rec- uh, or chaos on the farm and kill all the animals and everything. So uh, uh, this beer was kind of dedicated to to this gnome, uh, and it's also the opening song of our new album. Uh, cool. So. Um, yeah, uh, the beer was sold out in record time. Uh, awesome. The brewery were extremely happy with it. What what brewery made it? What's the name of the brewery? Ass. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, it's uh, in Norwegian. It's Os, so it's a double A and SS, so uh, Os. Cool. But uh, every American or English speaking person, when it comes to Norway and it sees the name of the beer Ass, it's always funny. <laughs> it's actually, I think it's actually the oldest brewery in Norway. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, we were really happy uh, uh, with the entire process, and um, you never know. Maybe it's uh, it's something that we will repeat with a different type of beer because they only uh, brewed a uh, thousand liters of it. And you guys drank most of it, so <laughs> guilty as charged. <laughs> now, now that you're nursing a hangover. Uh, Let's wrap this up with one one last question. Yeah. What is your hangover cure? When you wake up, <laughs> what do you do? I usually go for this. <laughs> it's uh, the hair of the dog. Uh, yeah, the, a beer always helps. That's my motto. No matter what. <laughs> you have to stop after that one. That was the issue. Uh, uh, that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> John, thank you so, so much for taking the time, oh. sitting down with me, talking about your life, your music, and craft beer. I really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, church, I can't man. wait till you come through Montreal. Uh, we'll hook up together. Hell or yeah. if I come over through Norway in the near future after the apocalypse, uh, we'll drink some beer together. Hell yeah. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. 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 
Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Holy shit, was John funny. What a great, great fucking episode. I had so much fun sitting down with him. He just blatantly comes out right at the beginning, claiming to be hungover. I love this dude. I want to go and drink one or maybe too many beers with him. He is someone that I can see having a very much fun with. Uh, a very, very fun yet dangerous friend to have. Massive shout out to John for hooking up with me and enjoying a hair of the dog brew with me. I really, really appreciate it. This episode was brought to you by Sound Talent Media. Until next time, I hope that you remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsets. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11.